No one is clapping for the extra mile. No one. But it's that extra mile that makes the difference between mediocre and great. So you can run that extra mile or not, baby. That's up to you. But you better bet that I'm running that extra mile. And I'll tell you from the front of the race that if you want to be up there with me, you better start fucking running because that is what it takes. This is the Reframe Your Journey podcast because we know you can go further and faster together. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. Each session, we'll be getting into advice and tactical tools centered around the three S's of strategy, systems, and long-term success. I'm Greg Ryder, entrepreneur, course creator, and coach. Let's dive in. My guest this week was one of the first people I reached out to when I knew I was going to launch this podcast. She is an inspiring leader with practical and honest insights of what it takes to actually build something of significance. She lives in the world of personal branding and has a deep understanding of its value today and where it's going tomorrow. I'm so excited for this session. Please welcome Amelia Sordat. Amelia, welcome to the show. This is the Reframe Series podcast where we are exploring all things LinkedIn, talking to some amazing professionals that are killing it on the platform and just making an impact on so many people's lives. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I feel like it's been a long time coming. I looked at our messages. It's been over a year when we chatted. Your content resonates, not just with me, but with so many people. So I'm so excited to dig in uh, today with you on that one random fact. I'll never forget your birthday. It's the same birthday as my mother's. So I'll never forget. Uh, I noticed that in our messages too. Um, But anyway, (laughs) I like to share a few posts to really uh, guide us here and dig in. And I'm going to start with that now and then get your take on a few things. This is the first one I want to share. It's around time, Amelia. And you talk a little bit about life expectancy. You list out some stats of things that happen in people's lives at the times my favorite one being people spending three years of their life scrolling on Facebook or on life updates. But what is something that you do daily, weekly, monthly, however you approach it in choosing to spend your time wisely? Or how do you advise others around you have time, but choose to spend it wisely? Yeah, I look, I think we spend a lot of our lives saying to people and also saying to ourselves that like we're too busy to do things. But when you break it down in context of like that particular post, like what I was trying to highlight there is no one's too busy to do anything that they want. They're just not allocating their time effectively enough. So if you've got time to be hungover, if you've got time to watch Netflix, if you've got time to scroll through Facebook for three hours a night, or like I do sometimes on TikTok, like you know, you have time to do all the things that you want to do. You just have to work out what your priority is. So some of the things, and by the way, I'm not sitting here being like this oracle of like, I'm holier than thou and I don't do any of those things. Of course I do. I'm a human being. Um, And all of us to a degree have a, you know, inherent need for chill time and also wasting time because it's quite often during the wasting time bits that we find our most creative moments, right? Like when you're dawdling to, you know, a lunch meeting or, you know, when you're having a walk around the park or whatever, like that's when your most creative moments happen. So I'm not saying don't do that. But I think understanding like what your priorities are is really important to spending your time effectively. So for example, 
most nights I will read at least 10 pages of a book as like a non-negotiable as part of my daily routine. And I always make time for it. At least I try to make time for that because that's important to me. And it's what makes me happy. It's what makes me a better person because I'm learning. More importantly, it helps me sleep better. And that's one of the reasons why I read at night. However, Sometimes if I've had a really shit day, Greg, I want to be on TikTok because I want to laugh. And there are some really fucking funny things on TikTok, right? So I go, you know what? I'm going to scroll on TikTok for two hours and it's going to be totally fine. So I don't feel guilty about it. I just think knowing what, knowing what your triggers are that like make you not have a great life, knowing what the things are that make you do have a good life and kind of spending your, we're trying to get a routine around the things that make you happy and more productive is the best way to spend your time. Nice. Nice. And do you, how do you look far, like far term, you know, when you have so much going on, you have a family, you got a business, it's growing, you're trying to scale a company. It's not easy. Everybody's at you for attention of, of your time. You need to answer so many things. Do you, you live in the day-to-day with a long-term plan? Like how far out do you typically look when thinking about your time in a plan? Yeah, like in terms of like my time, that is just like week to week, day to day. And that sounds like ridiculous, but my diary gets so like, you know, to you introduce this call with the fact that we've been speaking for ages and it's like mainly because my diary is disgusting. So I can't, I don't have the headspace to be thinking like too far ahead other than like what is happening today or tomorrow. Um, but in terms of goals, absolutely. Like I have a goal both personally and professionally that I want to reach at the end of this year. And that is all in line with my big scary goal, which I want to reach in five years time. So everything comes back to my North star, which is this big scary goal that I've got It's in theory year seven for cloud, but in five years time from now. And that's kind of how I reverse engineer stuff. But I also think there is a bit of an over-analysis paralysis in looking at your big scary goals, because as I said to someone this morning, you know, oftentimes we go, I want this and I want that. And wouldn't it be great if I could achieve X, Y, Z, that we fail to look down at like what the steps are in order to get there. Like the only way you can move a dial is by putting one foot in front of the other. We spend so much time worrying about past we spend so much time worrying about the future, but very few of us spend enough time in the present looking at where we're walking in order to get there or get away from what we've just come from. So I try and spend as much time as possible, like today, like, what am I doing now? I'm here with you right now. And then I'm going to a meeting and then I'm worried about that and then et cetera. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like to look at life in seasons and for a season, it's about five years. And to me, uh-huh. I reverse engineer from there. You can go and build a company in five years and then move on and pivot and do something else in the next season. And I used to study athletes and their career stats and their their peaks and valleys and their careers and stuff. So I, I love that too. You really got to spend the the day to day, right? Focus on, yeah. you know, some somebody asked me once, what keeps you motivated? And I have a lot going on as well. And it's like, well, today motivates me for tomorrow. And that's about as far as it goes. You know, have but a that's good a great attitude yeah. to have, right? Because it's in those days that you're creating those tiny habits that will help you. Like, it's very, very difficult for any, like, though we have a saying in the UK and it says, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. Like, and I think that's basically what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I'm going to jump into a little bit about uh, clout because you're doing some amazing things and really around culture, because Amelia, I've, with your content, I feel like you understand where today's leadership is going. And it's not the same as our parents' uh, generation where it was, hey, you're getting paid. Like, what's the problem here? You know, do your job, do your work. And I, I don't want to hear too much, but you're you're definitely connecting, relating to your employees. And here you're, you're talking about, you know, let's, what do we got to do to keep our 
are, are staff happy? I, I know you've done different benefit changes for them and different things like that, but you know, what, maybe share something a little bit that you're noticing in today's culture that has changed and what, how you're adjusting leadership accordingly. Because cloud is, um, obviously I'm seeing stuff from your, your teammates uh, and your staff that are doing uh, great things too. Yeah, look, I think there is a balance, right? I think we live in a world right now, and I feel I I, I don't mean any offense when I say this, but we, we definitely live in a world right now that feels quite entitled to things. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that to, uh, from an employee perspective, but just from a general population perspective, we feel very entitled to having the things that we think we deserve because social media has told us that we're entitled to have those things and we should want those things, like whether it be that amazing dream relationship or that dream job or, you know, that we're kind of convinced that life should be this like dreamy, wonderful thing where nothing goes wrong any other time. And if it does go wrong, then it's toxic and we just sort of throw it in the bin. And that's kind of our, I think that's very, you know, uh it's part of this culture that we've built of like you know throwaway cups and you know like that kind of stuff we just have this very like throwaway culture which has meant that employees naturally particularly the kind of younger generations that are coming through now are much less tolerant of bullshit with their employees employers and so are much less willing to put up with like you know, negative cultures and, you know, not getting the pay rises that they deserve. And it's something that I really leverage in my team. Like every single person in this business knows exactly how they are fitting into the vision of clout and like where they're going to be when we reach this big, scary goal. Like I sit down with them all on a quarterly basis and we revert back to that big, scary goal that they've got going, right, where are we? How can we move the needle? What's the next steps that you need to get to your promotion? I pay for counseling for some of them. I pay for high performance coaching for some of them. I pay for confidence coaching for some of them. Many of those things are not related directly to work, but they help that person be a better person. And therefore I'm investing in them as people, which at the minute, I think gives me a bit of a competitive advantage against my competition because not many employers are willing to do that, even though it's such a nominal amount. They'd much rather shove 500 quid behind the bar on the pub on a Thursday and think that that's a benefit than spend 100 pounds, 200 pounds per employee or per handful of employees and investing in their future. So my attitude towards my employees and like getting them on side is very, very different perhaps to some of my peers. However, and this is a really big however, I will only do that for you if you do what I require you to do to be here. And I am a hard fucking boss. I'm not a fluffy, like I do think sometimes when we look at the post that you just brought up there, like that, you could read that and they perhaps perceive that I'm like this really nice, like, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, yeah, Greg, yeah. I'm a ca- I'm a hardline capitalist. I'm here to make money. I'm not running a charity. I'm running a business. And unless you're here to bring me value, I will not give you that value in return. And I do think going back to my point about like this throwaway culture, mm-hmm. we have raised children who are now uh, going into the workforce. And look, it's not it's not a generational thing. It's it's a cross society thing right now. But we've raised a bunch of people and put them into the workforce and encouraged them to work first and told them that they don't ever need to be uncomfortable and that they won't fail. And like, if they don't like something, try something else. Look, the reality is if you're raising your children or you're raising your friends or you're raising your current employees to believe that they can quit every time something isn't fun, then they, the life is going to kick their fucking ass. So I feel like I have a responsibility, not least to make this business as, as profitable as humanly possible because it benefits my employees and also myself. 
but I have a moral obligation as a as someone who has a stake in society to toughen these people up and make them ready for what the world is like because the world is not a nice place if you let it if you let it not be a nice place do you know what I mean but it can be a great place if you're prepared for it and you're prepared to be uncomfortable and you're prepared to be disciplined enough to push through those moments that make you more resilient at the end of the day and that is the difference between people that are high performing and people that have mediocre lives is the ones that are willing to push through the uncomfortable moments and that is why I'm happy to pay for all these things because they know that is my expectation is like you are here to do an incredible job if you doing an incredible job means that I'm shelling out a couple of thousand pounds for you to go and have five for winter let's fucking do it but remember I've got an expectation from you too so I think that's my sort of attitude towards it's kind of like old school and new school at the same time (laughs) it is it is it's such a blend and I think I got i I resonate with that so much because of my upbringing. My father, you know, if I wanted to try something, play a sport, whatever it be, he would talk to me and say, hey, like, if you're going to commit, you're committing. There's no quitting during the year. If your team sucks, if you don't like your coach or your line mate or whatever, you're not quitting. We can talk about it when the year's over and see if you want to do it again next year or not, but you're not quitting through the year. We'll talk about it after and you're committing to be do your best, yeah. right? There's no half-ass efforts here. So yeah, it's, thanks for touching on that. I get a little bit, you know, I'm building an agency as well. So I, I, you know, I'm seeing the younger cultures come in. I'm seeing the expectations of their asks. Um, And it is a little bit, you know, shocking sometimes to see like, wow, you've been here a year or you're two years into your career and this is where you think you should be. And, um, but I love what you're doing there instilling the confidence in them. You know, it's great that they're asking our generation didn't. We just put well, I was going to say, work, Rick, like, right? that's the positive to it, right? Is these people have the confidence to ask what they believe they deserve. But there is also a balance and check that has to happen here of like, okay, if you want those things, let's fucking do it, baby. But like, you need to bring me X, Y, Z in order to get that. And I think that is where COVID potentially has screwed a lot of people over is because when COVID happened, huge layoffs happened. It over and then everyone panic hired. It overinflated salaries. It overinflated people's expectations, and it overinflated people's attitudes towards work because they were allowed to work from home, quote unquote, and they were allowed to do all these things because we were living in a world where no one really knew if we were going to survive, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we're back to quote unquote normal or new normal, whatever the hell you want to call it, and those expectations that were set for people entering the workforce during that time have now had a pin popped in them. And now that's getting slapped around the face with reality of like, actually, no, layoffs have happened. That We are now in an employer-driven market. If you want to be a part of this team, this is this is our fit in or fuck off list. And if you don't fit into what we want and what we expect, then you can fuck off and go work for someone else. Yeah, I feel like it's just starting to come back in into that realm. Yeah. And what a time that was to growing a business. <laughs> I know for us, we got a new office. We renovated it January 2020. And then like... Boom. And uh, yeah, it's a whole new new spot. I'm going to share one more here to dig in. And um, this is obviously a hot, a hot button for me. This is around the unrealisticness of balance, especially early in your careers. You can choose to work hard. You can choose to work not. You, tell, you say here it's a personal choice, um, but achieving something extraordinary cannot be done without extraordinary effort. And I wish more people would be more honest about that is what you put here. Amelia, I couldn't agree more. It typically comes from people like me in my age bracket that are in their 40s who just spent two decades busting it to now come back and be like, oh, we need balance. Like, oh, we need more of this, you know, life stuff. And life is not just life. It's full. It's like all these other categories and buckets in life, right? It's not just life and work. There's so much more to that. But, you know, 
so easy to say when you've built your foundation and you're on the other side of it. So I, I know we could probably spend all day talking about this, about the work hard versus work smart and all that. But what's one thing that you would say to somebody earlier in their career um, around working hard or even later in their career? Um, I know you've had a post around like I have kids. I don't get eight hours of sleep necessarily or oh God, drink, that pro- for that, Greg. <laughs> drink that protein shake every morning and like have these, like, you know, life is, is crazy. And when you're building something of significance, it's crazy. So, you know, what's a reminder you got uh, around that topic? Look, we, uh, this whole argument of work hard, work smart is something that I talk about a lot because whenever I put out posts about you need to work hard, everyone goes, oh, <gasps> How dare you tell us to work hard? And I'm like, look, you don't need to work hard. That's entirely your prerogative, right? There are people that are perfectly happy with just being, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like being average, like getting an average paycheck, having an average life because they like simplicity and that's great for them. If anything, I envy them in some way because my brain is not wired like that. And I feel like my life would be a lot more simple than it was. But if you want to achieve something, we look at like Picasso, we look at Messi, you look at Beckham, Oprah Winfrey, Trump, if you want to. Do you think any of these people have gone, guys, to get to where you want to go, you just work smart. You just do four days a week, a few hours a day, just get your systems in place and then you got it. Of course they fucking haven't. They've absolutely worked their ass off to get to where they are and they've put in extra effort, extra reps. No one is clapping for the extra mile. No one. But it's that extra mile that makes the difference between mediocre and great. So you can run that extra mile or not, baby. That's up to you. But you better bet that I'm running that extra mile. And I'll tell you from the front of the race that if you want to be up there with me, you better start fucking running <laughs> because that is what it takes. And I wish people were more honest about that. They're not. And to your point about this whole thing about balance, it absolutely is people that preach the most about mental health and balance and all these things. And by the way, mental health is important, right? Right. Rest is important. We can all acknowledge that sleep is important. Eating well is important. All these things are important. I have a very good diet. I've got my ginger shots here. I eat well. I exercise. I try and sleep where I can. All those things are important. But the people that talk most about balance are the ones that usually can afford to have it because they're sitting in a fucking Range Rover in their detached house in the middle of the country because they've busted their balls for the last three decades to get to where they are right now. So I think there needs to be some perspective of let's, listen to people who, yes, who have achieved what we want to achieve, but have a bit of a reality ring fence around that of, okay, Richard Branson lives on Necker Island. Yeah. Because he killed himself to get there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Wow. And you know, I building a company once a year, twice a year, probably I have those thoughts where, you know, I'm looking around and seeing those people that work that nine to five and just shut her down at night and have their weekends and you know that's just what they do and i think oh, they look pretty happy <laughs> so you yeah, know that's you know, amazing it, if you can do that i can't my brain's not wired like that my brain is just work all the time but that's not because i'm a quote-unquote workaholic i think people that don't understand that mindset would say you're a workaholic or i'm a workaholic but what they misunderstand fundamentally about my life is that my business is my lifestyle it's not, I'm, I'm not, I think that's the difference between working and being an entrepreneur. Like being an entrepreneur is it's part of who you are. It doesn't matter. Clout to me, it's not about clout. It's about the vehicle, right? And I, I have many vehicles going on. It's not just the agency, right? And that is the life of an entrepreneur. It's not, oh, let me just clock up at five o'clock because clocking off at five o'clock implies that there's a difference between life and work. There is no difference between life and work for me. It's just life. 
Yeah, absolutely. You got it. I'm going to share one more, a last one here that I want to share. And it's because of this lifestyle that you're talking about, where it's like, if you're trying to build a high-performing business or you have a lot of these vehicles going on, maybe you should have somebody to talk to, like a therapist, because friends and family won't get it. Partners don't get it. People don't get it. And it is tough. And I have to say, I started seeing a therapist two years ago, game changer, because nobody else will either care to listen, want to listen. You shouldn't put it on your team. So, you know, having these people to, to, to talk to, I have found super important. What, let me, let me ask you this too. Do you see a difference between solopreneurship and scaling a team in a company with employees where you have paychecks going out every two weeks? Because to me, I, I've always struggled. Like I do the two week payroll every two weeks. And I feel that in trying to scale a business, but also like now doing coaching more and things of that nature, I'm seeing the solopreneurship point of view, but I always have this feeling like you don't understand what it's like to have the pressure of all these salaries and scaling something and all that. So what's your quick take on that? And one and two, like finding people to talk to, uh, to help you through the the journey. Yeah. I think to answer your First question, the main difference between a solopreneur and someone who's running and trying to scale a business is a solopreneur works for themselves, right? If someone who has got a team of people works for their team. And that is a fundamental difference between the two that most people don't acknowledge. Like, Because you think, oh, you're, 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 you're self-employed, you're just self-employed. No, I am employed by my team. I'm employed by my clients. I'm employed by the people who pay my bills every single month and who I have a moral, legal, and ethical responsibility to make sure that their bills are paid also. If you're a solopreneur, you are in charge of your own destiny. You're in charge of your own earning potential. You're in charge of all those things. And to a degree, I am also, but it's very much reliant on whether or not I can take care of these guys. I've got 12 people that are also going to impact my destiny and my abilities. And, and also I'm going to impact their destiny. So it's a completely different thing. It's a completely different thing, uh, like level of stress. But also I'm not saying that one is more stressful or less stressful than the other. It's just it's different, right? Like solopreneurs will have different stress because they don't have anyone to lean on. They don't have anyone to bounce ideas off necessarily. They don't have people that they can shaft work off to unless they kind of get VAs and stuff involved. From my perspective, I don't have those things also. However, I have an entire team of people that I can help make decisions for me and or better can do things for me without me even knowing you don't have that as a solopreneur. So there's, there's gives and takes to both. I think to answer your second question about having people to talk to the reality is if you're running a business, your family won't get it. They'll not smile and nod and think that it's great. And they'll pretend to understand what the fuck it is that you do, but they won't your partner, unless they're also an entrepreneur or they're also running their own business also won't get it. So, and I am in a position now where like, I'm very lucky to like, you know, have a lot of people around me, a lot of friends I've accumulated through the agency that are also entrepreneurs. So I have a group of people around me that understand. When I first launched this, I didn't. And it's not fair also to then impart any of the stresses that you have on your team because they have a vested interest in making sure that you're okay. And if you're cut, well, not making sure you're okay, but hoping that you're okay. And if you're right. coming into the office, giving them stress about the shit that you've got going on in your life, do you really think they're going to have trust in you as a leader to keep this shit steady going through hard times? Of course they're not. Don't give that stress to them. That's not fair to them. They're here to do a job and you're here to lead them. So the easiest way to get your shit together for lack of a better explanation is to hire someone to do it right whether that be a high performance coach or an NED or a leadership coach or a therapist as in the case of myself hire someone in who is a neutral party who's paid who has no vested interest in whether or not 
They're going to get paid by you or your friendship or your personal romantic relationship. And you can talk about things with them that you couldn't talk about with anyone else. And it just makes your head so much more clear, gives you so much more clarity, makes you a better person, leader, friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it might be, because you have someone that you can offload to. And that has helped me massively, if I'm honest, like just not just as a, as a, as a means to kind of get things off my chest, but also as a sounding board of my own personal development. You know, I think a lot of uh, people go to therapy for one reason and actually just do a lot of self-discovery in a completely different area. And that's how I got there. I went to therapy because I was going through a divorce and I felt like I needed someone to help me through that process. And actually what it ended up doing was starting this massive journey of self-development just made me a better person. So I'm not saying everyone should have a therapist, but I think if you are interested in that type of help, or um, I don't want to say treatment because, you know, you don't have to be mentally ill to see a therapist. Um, But I think if you're interested in developing yourself in any type of way, which I think everyone should, then it's it's a great place to start. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. That self journey is huge. And the the more you want to achieve, the more you need to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So figuring yourself out. Amelia, thanks so much for jumping on and going through those posts. You're creating such a difference such an impact. Absolutely love your content. Where, where's the best people place for it? Is it LinkedIn? I mean, I'm chatting with people about LinkedIn because I see the power of the platform. Is that where people go? Uh, do you direct them to clout and see what you're all about? <laughs> no, where, like I'm, I am, I, my DMs are open on pretty much every platform, like TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. So come find me wherever you find your information. More than happy to chat to anyone and answer any questions that anyone has. Amazing, Amelia. All the best this year. We'll yeah, likewise. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so really much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Be sure to check the show notes for a recap of the lessons so you can reference them as you look to apply them to your journey. Please be sure to subscribe, give it a like, and a comment. It is very much appreciated. Have a great day, a great week, and let's go and grow.